Now let us affirm our faith as we say together what we believe as it is written in the Apostles' Creed. You will find the creed there in your bulletin. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He ascended into hell. The third day he arose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let us now greet one another this morning with the wave offering of peace. Next Sunday is the deadline for our Samaritan's Purse uh, Christmas child boxes. Uh, for all of you who have either uh, picked up a box and are filling it out and turning it in, or for those of you who have given the $31 contribution per child, thank you all. We sent uh, Samaritan's Purse already uh, money for 50 boxes uh, that had already been donated by members of our congregation. We'll send them others this coming week and uh, next week following the final collection. Again, uh, if you're filling the box yourself, please have that in by next Sunday. Now, uh, a couple of other things. Out on the table in front, over here underneath the banner that says faith, uh, there are some masks that A.B. brought back from one of the ladies. Her name is Abigail in Mexico. And ladies, she makes these masks and they're very, they're just very beautiful, but they're very good masks. And uh, she, A.B. brought back some to sell for her here uh, they are out there on the table, C-A-B, afterwards. There's quite a variety, and they are very lovely. And I think $15, A-B, is what we're asking for them? Yes. $15, and they're very, I think uh, you'll find them to be just delightful. The work on them is incredible. So uh, that's a thing, and you can help support uh, one of the... Uh, Women in the church down there, uh, she's doing this to help supplement. She was a seamstress and a clothes maker, and for the, the tourist trade there in uh, Cancun, and as you might well guess, that has pretty much uh, dried up. So, uh, one of the things that we can help others in Mexico with. Remind the men and the women that Bible study will be this week. The men on Tuesday morning at 8 a.m. The women Thursday at 10.30 a.m. Uh, I have a question, just a general question I want you to think about. And I know that all the circumstances and things can change, not just in a, a week, but certainly in the, in the course of several weeks. You know, 
there after today, there are only seven Sundays left in the year. And we are just now really seven weeks, really seven and six and a half weeks away from Christmas Eve. How many of you think you would come in person to a Christmas Eve service? If you think you would, would you raise your hand? Okay, that, that helps. That helps. We're trying to figure out what we're going to do. You know, on Christmas Eve, we, we certainly have folks that come normally. Normally, we have three services. But one of the challenges this year is that what if you come and what if you bring six family members with you? And I don't know about that. And I have to, I have to account for social distancing and things like that. So one of the things we'll probably do is at the Christmas Eve service, uh, we will have a time or sometime in December before the service, uh, an opportunity to make reservations to come to the Christmas Eve service. Now, understand, it's not going to be like Christmas Eve services like we ordinarily enjoy. You know, we can't sing eight hymns, eight Christmas carols. We just can't do that sort of thing. And um, I have lit candles and tried to blow them out with a mask on. And it is pretty near impossible. So, and it's supposed to be that way. Uh, but we are, we are formulating plans for that and we are, uh, we'll let you know. One of the things that I am going to do differently this year is, you know, traditionally we have had 11 o'clock service that brings in Christmas morning. And we, it goes usually to about 1210. Uh, we will not have that service this year, uh, but I'm going to do a live uh, virtual Christmas Eve service that evening at 1130 from my home. And uh, we'll put that information out. And for those of you who are still up that late on Christmas Eve and want to watch, uh, I'll be there. And uh, that will be, uh, I think, uh, just an opportunity to, uh, to, to share that. And there are a lot of folks who might uh, tune into that 1130 service that night. We'll go to about 12, 1205, somewhere in there, and bring in Christmas morning virtually. So just uh, some of the things coming up, I'm telling you, you know, I keep making plans and they keep getting changed. And as it is with all of us in that regard. Now, this morning, our first scripture lesson is found in Paul's second letter to the church in Corinth, chapter 9, beginning to read at verse 1, 2 Corinthians 9, beginning at verse 1. And so, if you'd like to follow that reading, page 820 in the Blue Pew Bibles. The Apostle Paul writes, There is no need for me to write to you about this service to the saints, for I know your eagerness to help, and I have been boasting about it to the Macedonians, telling them that since last year you and Achia were ready to give, and your enthusiasm has stirred most of them to action. But I am sending the brothers in order that our boasting about you in this matter should not prove hollow, but that you may be ready as I said you would be. For if any Macedonians come with me and find you unprepared, we, not to say anything about you, would be ashamed of having been so confident. So I thought it necessary to urge the brothers to visit you in advance and finish the arrangements for the generous gift you had promised. Then it will be ready as a generous gift, not as one grudgingly given. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each man should give what he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that in all things at all times, having 
all that you need, you will abound in every good work as it is written. He has scattered abroad the gifts to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower, bread for food, will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of God's people, but is also overflowing in many expressionable thanks to God. Because of this service by which you have proved yourself, men will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. And in their prayers for their in their prayers for you their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given you thanks be to God for his indescribable gift may God bless this reading of the ninth chapter of Paul's second letter to the church at Corinth this morning, Marsha will be singing solo in remembrance of me. David is at home sick this morning. And so, Marsha, Lema, thank you.
Thank you both. This morning, as we go to God in prayer, several things I would like to share with you. Jeff Miller is at home recovering from shoulder replacement surgery that he had on this past Thursday, and uh, he has his uh, sister-in-law and brother-in-law, Joy and Bob, there with him, helping to take care of him, and uh, is doing pretty good. Uh, can't really move it for a couple of weeks and then start his therapy on it. Jenny and Eric Alter uh, are at home. Both have contracted the COVID-19 virus and have been ill. And uh, they have just been isolated now this week. Uh, I took Dr. Knox yesterday to have him tested uh, for the virus because no one in their family was able to do that. And uh, so certainly ask your prayers for them. I ask your continued prayers for Steve Ruhlman, who continues now to recover from his episode with the virus. And uh, as it has with many people, it's just uh, leaving a very fatigue effect on you and, and it just takes time to regain your strength and recover from. Uh, I ask your continued prayers for Terry's mother, Martha Wood, who remains in the hospital in LaGrange, Georgia. My mother, I thank you for your prayers for her. She came home from the hospital yesterday after having the emergency appendectomy on uh, uh, Friday morning. Uh, and uh, it was one of those things. And uh, she just did very well with the surgery, and uh, she was glad to get that pyre and get back home. So again, thank you for your prayers. I encourage you our further prayers for our nation as we adjust to this great uh, election that has, I think, mostly uh, finished. And uh, as we see over the next couple of weeks, what the final outcome of things will be for that. But certainly, by all accounts, uh, uh, Joe Biden has been uh, at least recognized as the president-elect. And so we'll see as things continue to transpire with that. But certainly be in prayer for our nation, as uh, it is quite evident that uh, through the vote, 72 million something for Biden, 70 million plus for Trump. Uh, it is a nation that is really politically divided in that regard. So certainly do that. Uh, with these things, I know that others of you have your, your own family concerns and prayers. Uh, I encourage you in the moments of silence before I begin to pray out loud, that you present those things to God this day. So let us bow our heads and go to the Lord our God in prayer. Oh, gracious God, we do come before you in prayer this day and in our own hearts and on our minds there are many emotions there are many concerns there are matters of family of friends of work of relations in which we have concerns and we lift all these things up to you this day in prayer we thank you lord for jeff miller's successful surgery i thank you for my mother's successful surgery we pray for those suffering from the virus, especially for Jenny and Eric, for Steve Ruhlman, for others known to us who have it, both family members, friends, co-workers, neighbors. We lift them all up to you, Lord, and we continue to pray. And we continue to pray for vaccines, for effective treatments, for good health practices. All these things this day we pray. We continue to pray for those who are ill, we pray for Terry's mother, Martha. We pray for Mike Robinson. We pray for others in uh, rehab that are currently 
trying to get strong enough to go back to their residences and to be at home again. We pray for those who are in senior residences of all sorts and who are still very limited as to whom can see them and who they can have visit. And we pray and we know that it is a just a continued trying time, but we pray for them. And mighty God, we pray this day for our nation as we continue now to make sense of the aftermath of this election. And as we look forward to the coming year and how that will begin. So Lord, help us, guide us, direct us, help us to understand that all things are according to your plan and purposes, not only in our lives, but in your creation. So we pray these things this day. And we ask all these things and we pray them in Jesus' name. Amen. We'll say the Lord's Prayer together as it's laid out in the communion service in, in just a little bit. So, if you will now, turn to the prophet Isaiah in your Bibles. Isaiah chapter 55. It's only 13 verses long, but they're long verses. So bear with me. The prophet writes, Come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters, and you who have no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread, and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me, and eat what is good, and your soul will delight in the richest affair. Give ear and come to me, hear me, that your soul may live. I will make an everlasting covenant with you, my faithful love promised to David. See, I have made him a witness to the peoples, a leader and commander of the peoples. Surely you will summon nations you know not, and nations that do not know you will hasten to you because of the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, for he has endowed you with splendor. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the evil man his thoughts. Let him turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on him and to our God for he will freely pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so my word that goes out from my mouth, it will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. You will go out in joy and be led forth in peace, and the mountains and hills will burst into song before you, and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Instead of the thorn bush will grow the pine tree, Instead of briars, the myrtle will grow. They will be for the Lord's renown, for, the, for an everlasting sign, which will not be destroyed. May God bless, too, this reading from the prophet Isaiah. Now, this morning... Uh, my sermon is entitled, Investing in the Future. You know, November is... Past Novembers have always been stewardship season, and I guess this is going to be stewardship season, but not like we have really thought about it or experienced it in the past. But I want to talk about this investing in our future, 
in that regard. But I want to begin by saying I just completed this series of sermons about the Harvest Home sermons and about harvesting on different ideas and levels. And you know, pretty much that has now happened. Although yesterday, Terry and I, yesterday afternoon, went for a drive out in the countryside of West Tennessee to look at the changing colors that are happening across the land. And we still noticed that there's still plenty of cotton in the field and there's still some soybean out there and around. But the harvest is proceeding in that regard. And as I've said, when the harvest is done, everybody begins to take account of what they are. And we're doing that across the nation, not just the farmers, mind you, but all of us are, because we know that the end of the calendar year is coming. And for all practical purposes, just about everything that is going to be accomplished in this, how shall I say, very strange and bizarre year is being or has been accomplished in that sense. This election this past week was one of those major events. And now that it has taken place and we are beginning to see the results of that, not just with the president, but also with the Congress, with the Senate, with local elections and all sorts of things. Even here in Germantown, three new aldermen will be uh, going to take their place on the city uh, board. <coughs> so a great deal has happened. And now we are, as I said, we're trying to look and see. We're taking stock of what we have, of what has happened, of what is accomplished. And we're trying to look over a little bit, as much as God will give us the vision to see what's coming in 2021. And frankly, it's very difficult, very difficult. It's hard to see. It's not like other years in which you had a, at least a good idea of what was coming in the coming year. And this year, we have an idea. Is it a good idea? That remains to be seen. But before we do that, let me just give an accounting of our own church and what God has done in our own church in this strange year. What God has done. Well, first of all, we have in this year of the pandemic, we have been able to maintain and have current all of the support of our missionaries and our mission projects, our benevolent projects, both locally and internationally. And we'll pay all of our commitments to our missionaries and to our local groups in full. And we've actually added a couple of a little extra things to that, like the Memphis Food Bank and a couple of other things, smaller things that we have added to it and seen to it. We've helped AB start to get some things established there in Mexico for his ministry with Great Commission coaching and the church plant going in in Cancun and hope to continue that in the coming year. Despite everything, we have been able to do that. Many of you know that our longtime custodian, Donnie Cunningham, suffered a stroke the Saturday before Easter, has been unable to work since that time, has been ill, has had the virus, has had many different things. Our church has continued to pay him this whole time so that he and his family would have a roof over their heads. They would have food in their closet. Our staff... George Ann Patterson and Jana Manning in particular have gone through all the steps to get him on the Social Security disability. And let me tell you, it was a tremendous amount of work. And you always say here that they, you apply for disability and you never get it on the first round or the second round. Well, this week he was approved. 
he was approved on the first go-round because of the faithfulness of our staff and also a good many prayers. It's an incredible thing and will certainly help him because Donnie will never be able to work again. And it is just a miraculous thing. But we did that. And we made a commitment to doing that. And it's a great thing. We have had to make staff adjustments here in the church. And we've done that. We've lost Jeff. <laughs> Literally. Okay. Are we still online? Okay. Goodness. Um, we adapted the use of technology for the virtual services and the Wednesday night devotionals and here broadcasting live on Sunday morning. And you're looking at a person who would have never done that. I mean, absolutely never would have done that. And yet, God left me no choice about that, said, you know, get yourself in gear and get going. We've been able to do that. We're having communion. We, because of our denomination, we were able to start the virtual communion and have it during this time. We've had weddings, very small weddings, but we had weddings. Is this mic on up here? No. Okay. All these things, and we've been doing it in a way in which we are almost ham hamstringed because of it, yet we continue to do it. So we have found ways to do things. Now, on the other side of this, certainly in your own family groupings, you have become more familiar with each other gotten to see each other a little more. And in your immediate little bubbles, you have been able to have more conversations about what is going on in life and what is happening in life. And you've actually gone old school and written notes and letters and cards and talked on the telephone and did, and did many of these things and prayed, perhaps more so than we are ordinarily used to praying. That has all been accomplished during this time. God has ways of using distress, difficulties, challenges to hone us and to help us focus in on particular things. And perhaps that is one of the things that has happened during this time and will continue to happen in this time. Those are the things and many more because major maintenance projects have happened. You know, we've done, recoded and sealed the, the main parking lot out here. We installed more security features here at the church. We have done some other upgrades and some other maintenance that was necessary during this particular time, a lot of things have happened and a lot of normal things have not. I realize that. So as we are thinking about that, we hear both from Paul in his second letter to the Corinthians and we hear from the prophet Isaiah 
a common sort of thing, and that is that God is out there investing in the future. He's investing in the future with the Corinthians, encouraging them to be ready with an offering for the people, for the saints in Jerusalem and the church there. Here you have Isaiah telling us that God is investing in the future. He makes the rainfall and his word go out and neither come back empty. The rain waters the land, causes seed and bread to be grown. His word goes out and does not return empty. And God is at work in the midst of all of this. And so we too need to be thinking about how we will participate with the good Lord in the coming year. Will we make commitments? Will we make an estimate of commitment, a pledge for the coming year? Uh, that will be asked of you later this month. So that is coming up. You may switch. Okay. So, brothers and sisters of the faith, a lot has happened. But let us not be drugged down by all of the events of this year. Let us not lose heart about things. Let us know that God is still there ahead in our future. Let us be ready to move forward. Let us consider how each of us will participate in that moving forward, how we can help the church, how we can help the things that we do, and what differences that will make in the coming year. We need to think in those terms. When Jesus was dying on the cross, everybody thought, well, that's it. There's no future. There's nothing left. All our hopes, all our dreams, everything that we had imagined is gone right there on that man dying on the cross. They buried that man, put him in the tomb and sealed it. And everybody thought that that was it, that God was finished, the sun gone, and then came Easter. And God's plans are not our plans. God's ways are not our ways. What we think and how we do is not how God thinks and how it is. So there is a future. We are called as the people of God to be investing in that future. God help us all to do so. Amen. Now, does everyone have their communion cup? Just checking. If you'll go ahead and get that out. I'm going to move my mic here. I do look forward to the day that I can break this bread and actually give it to you. I look forward to that day and to share the cup. My friends, the table of our Lord Jesus Christ 
It is simply set, the bread and the cup. Our Lord Jesus Christ was with his disciples the night that he would be arrested. He was enjoying with them as much as he probably could the Passover and thinking about what lay ahead and wondering if he had a future. And as he was around the table, he took the Passover bread, which was the unleavened bread, and he blessed it. And then he broke it in the presence of his disciples, and he said to them, Take and eat, all of you, of this bread. When they had finished eating the bread, he took the cup filled with wine set on the table, one of four cups that was used in the Passover meal. He blessed it also, and he gave it to his disciples and told all of them to drink of this cup. For this cup it was the symbol of a new covenant made in the shedding of his blood for the forgiveness of sin. And they drank the cup. As we get ready to receive this bread and to drink of our cup, let us prepare our hearts. Let us go to God in prayer. O gracious God, examine our hearts. If we have ill will today, if we have sinned today, let us now confess it. Let us present ourselves to you as those who are in need of redemption and of forgiveness, so that we may eat this bread and drink this cup in right relation with you and with one another. O oh, gracious God, bless now this bread as we eat of it, that it nourishes our body and our soul. Bless, O oh Lord, this cup as we drink of it, that our thirst, both the physical and spiritual thirst of our lives may be quenched. For we give you these things, we confess our sin, we ask your blessing all in the name of your Son, Jesus, who has taught us to pray, and we say together, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. The Apostle Paul reminded the Corinthians of the Lord's Supper, and he said that as you take and eat this bread, do so in the name of the Lord. For this bread is his body given for us. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us now eat our bread. He said, take and drink this cup, all of you, for this cup is the symbol of the new covenant made in the shedding of my blood for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us drink our cups. I remind you that if you would like to make an offering today, the offering plate is at the back, and you can do so on your way out. Let us pray. Oh, gracious God, how good it is to receive your meal, the grace which is imparted to us, which sustains us, which strengthens us, 
which helps us in our faith, which allows us to continue the day and the day to come. We thank you for the grace that saves us, for the grace that redeems our lives from the pit, for the grace that lifts us up and will one day unite us with your Son, Jesus Christ, in heaven itself. We give you thanks and praise. We give you thanks and praise for the gifts made this day, for the boxes, for Christmas gifts that are made and purchased for children. We give you thanks for all these things which you have given to us. Accept these prayers of gratitude, of thanksgiving, in Jesus' name. Amen. If you will turn in your hymn books to hymn number 443 and stand as you are able, we'll sing together, Open My Eyes That I May See. Now, my friends, go from this place this morning in peace. Hold strong to your faith. Have your eternal hope in Christ Jesus while showing his love to all that you meet. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father, the peace and fellowship of the Holy Spirit be upon you all this day. And I do pray forevermore. Amen. Amen.